Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Back at it again with another edition of Zone Time. I'm Julian alongside some great friends of mine, of course. Back from Hamilton, the Great Cup, Avery Lewis McDougal. Back from his first ever time at the Scotiabank uh, Arena. It's Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. Yeah. I always get all the Scotiabank Arenas messed up. But Omar from In the Mentions is here. Back from reading all the COVID-19 stories that we'll get to on this week's episode. It's Justin Cuthbert of Yahoo Sports. Uh, gentlemen, it's good to see your faces. Hopefully everyone's doing okay. Omar, I got to give you your flowers for, for being in the press box for the first time. Uh, all of us on the chat, except for you. Uh, up until last week have been in, a, in an NHL press box before, but you can now say that you have been in an NHL press box. Congratulations, brother. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was a weird, it was a weird experience for sure. Going there, um, not as a fan. So, you know, uh, the, the rule of thumb is that you have to be civil. And if you know me, I'm not civil. And if you know, if you want to get, have any idea of how difficult it was, that game I went to was the game where Michael Bunting had that ridiculous pass to Matthews. And you all know how I feel about Michael Bunting. So not being able to cheer, I literally broke a rib holding in a celebration. So <laughs> besides that, it was a really cool experience. Okay, at the very least, uh, I wanted to get that bit of positivity out of the way, just because I know the topic we're going to discuss up next is a little bit, it's tough. COVID-19 is a very tough topic to discuss. And on Tuesday, it was pretty tough. The NHL pretty much got rushed with reality that COVID-19 and and I don't know specifically which variant it might be, but it's still very much a thing. A whole bunch of players named to the COVID-19 protocol. I don't have the full list, but Brad Marchand among those names, Matthew Barzal among those names, Andrei Sveshnikov in Carolina, and three other players added to the COVID protocol list. Their game on Tuesday night against Minnesota was postponed. The Calgary Flames had three guys named to uh, the COVID protocol, and they have games postponed all the way to Thursday. And Connor McDavid spoke about uh, the the uptick in cases and he even gave some commentary on on the uh, the reported provisions from the IOC when it comes to the Olympics and he admitted the idea of possibly spending up to five weeks in China in quarantine if he were to test positive for COVID would be unsettling. Uh, Justin, I want to start with you just because I know you got to write a little bit about what was going on. Just from the vantage point that you have, what was it like? seeing all of these different COVID-19 stories pop up pretty much one after another. And then we can all kind of jump in on this. I mean, it's, it's particularly concerning, obviously, because clearly 
you know, the idea that this league would operate without COVID-19 being a, a major, major force this season was false. Like it was just naive thinking probably because it is here and it's not going anywhere. And clearly it's something they're going to have to deal with the entire year. And if they don't do anything, I think they risk sort of ruining the integrity of this season because we're seeing teams have to drop off and get postponements here and playing with diminished rosters there. Like it's just at the point now where they have to make some amendments because the best laid plans here clearly are not sufficient. So, I mean, I think the first thing we have to see is a taxi squad implemented. I don't know how easy or difficult that's going to be, but there has to be an option for teams to dip into their reserves in order to keep the train on the tracks, if you will. And then they got to think about other things as well. Like can asymptomatic players just play? Is that a possibility? Are they going to have to have breaks in the season? Is a hiatus going to be what is needed in order to calm things down a little bit? I, I, that latter point, I, I just don't think that's going to do much at all because it's just going to infiltrate the system once again. It's going to be omnipresent for the near, like the immediate future and beyond that. So they got to find ways to deal with the fact that COVID nineteen is going to be present during this, and I think that starts with the taxi squad. It, it's probably going to take other measures as well. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point, Justin, that you, that you bring up the idea of, of a hiatus because I wonder if the league is trying to hold on as long as they can up until that Olympic break and whether the players are going to go to the Olympics or not. Like, it, it's gone from, like, players like, yeah, we want to go to, like, okay, I'm not sure. And now a lot of players are saying 50-50, and I think that 50-50 is more like, uh, I'm probably not going to go. Like, I think even Alex um, uh, Pietrangelo, who was already named to Team Canada, is, is you know, seems very doubtful of going just because, of, again, of the quarantine and the fact that he has three young kids at home. And just thinking of how what's going to happen to that, you know, if things go wrong there, there's a lot of factors that come to come to play. So I wonder if the league, knowing that the likelihood of them going to the Olympics is kind of dwindling, if they want to take maybe that three weeks to kind of go on a semi-hiatus semi and try to get COVID in check within the league. But, you know, to your point, like it's, it's going to happen. And the fact that, you know, if anyone is shocked that, you know, cases are arising in, in the league, then I'm sorry, like this was something that's going to happen anyway. And I think that's why it was the importance of making sure vaccination rates in the league were as high as possible in the event that this takes place. But like, yeah, there needs to be something that, that that's happening because like, like, I mean, was it Colorado? I think at the beginning of the year who like had to play multiple games with like, like 19 players or something. So like the fact that like all of these all of these teams are just losing players left and right, and they don't have any other pools or systems to to to, um, to grab from, like there needs to be something. And like now, you just you just try to think like, are they going to be able to finish the season? Like, are we actually going to be able to play a full eighty-two game season, or is something or is something going to be you know ended ended short? Um, so it's, it's it's seeing a day like today where you see like like twenty plus players put on COVID protocol, like it definitely uh really puts really kind of I guess brings you back to rea the reality of things what's going on in the world and I wonder again with Tom, I do wonder to your point Omar if we will have a team fishing season say only playing 78 games 79 games because you know we were scheduling yeah, we were scheduling games but eventually if you go into June whatever time June July the league might say we don't have enough time to get all these games in. So you might see a team play 80 or 81 games, which would be unfortunate for all teams. And also, too, to the point of the possibility of a hiatus, what does it mean now for the World Juniors? Is that going to still happen in a red deal? Like, what's going to happen there? Is the IAHF still going to be comfortable 
bringing these international teams to Alberta in just a few days. That's a that's a really interesting point yeah, that has not really been point. brought up that much because yeah, it, it, it's kind of weird to say that like the World Juniors obviously we know at the point of the year when they come up, but in the light of everything that's just gone on the last few days with the NHL, there's a part of me that's just kind of like almost kind of forgot that like the World Juniors are are, are happening and the fact that yes, there are all these different teams from all around the world who are going to come to Canada who are going to participate in this tournament. Like I, I want, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't give you an answer with the world juniors, but because I be, because I've been more wrapped up with the Olympics and the more I hear about these cases and the more I hear hesitancy, uh, like listening to Connor McDavid talk today, I know he, he mentioned the idea that like, he's a guy who definitely wants to play at the Olympics. He wants to gather as much information as he can about this, and he's going to put himself in a position where he can go to this tournament. And I think there are other, and in talking to other people about this too, there are probably other guys who want this too. But at some point, if the cases keep going up and there's more developments with the variants that are out there, like at some point, the National Hockey League is going to have to step in and just say, no, we, we can't afford to do this. We can't afford to put our players out in, in harm's way like this. I think that's what's going to happen. Well, I think it's worth considering, like, what's most dangerous here? Uh, you you bring up a good point with the World Juniors. Well, I'm not sure if it's going to be played in a bubble, but it will be strict and it will probably be safe if the sure. if the athletes do get to Edmonton without carrying COVID-19 with them. But on the Olympic thing, like, yeah, the the the, the potential for uh, an outbreak or three to five week quarantine, yeah, that's there. But what's probably more dangerous during that three weeks, other than the Olympics, is every NHL are going on vacation and mixing and mingling with the public and then bringing it back after that. I mean, if you go that on hiatus, yeah. you can't monitor everything that these players are doing. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. The Olympic thing is separate because it's, it's just this completely different world with completely different rules and so on and so forth. But... That's why I just don't think the hiatus is going to do anything because you can't just expect players to sit on their hands and not do anything with the free time, the little free time that they are given. So it's all about managing this virus still. It all comes back to management. So what can you do to better manage it? Again, that's a conversation for people smarter than us. But I think the first thing with just getting the season done is that taxi squad, is more resources to play these games because clearly and thankfully people are getting infected but no one's having, like, it's more of a nuisance than anything else. They're not allowed to play when they feel asymptomatic asymptomatic and fine to play. So that's, like, the big issue in terms of, like, getting the season done. There's a lot of other issues, but NHL just has to manage itself right now first, and they've got to do something about the current state of, you know, how these rosters are getting put together on a daily basis and whether these games are going to get played. That's, I think, the silver lining that I think has to be brought up in all this. Like, if this was all happening last year, like we didn't even know at this point last year if an NHL season was going to happen, let alone when it was going to start. And I think we were starting to hear about uh, batches of vaccines being deployed to Canada. I, I, I think the states might have had it around this time last year. I could be wrong on that, but we didn't know anything about how the vaccine was going to be deployed, uh, its efficacy rate. You know, there are people still figuring out is Pfizer right, is Moderna right? There are so many more questions about the vaccine. Uh, than what we have right now. And while I understand that for regular people like us four and in the respective provinces that we're in, we're subjected to different regulations from our respective governments as to when we can get our boosters. 
But like Milan Lucic, uh, who I believe is also na- was named to COVID protocol for the Flames, he tweeted out some statements saying like, you know, hey, I'm going to be fine. And there are guys who have already gotten boosters. Like I expect MHL players at the very least, you know, the ones who are vaccinated, there are probably ones who have already gotten booster shots and ones who will also be on the way. That's not to downplay COVID, but I guess one hope that I have is, is that because of what we experienced in the last year, uh, and what other findings are there about the other variants, maybe we could be at least be in a better, at least the NHL players maybe could be in a better position to deal with the virus. That being said, I could totally see the NHL being a little bit more cautionary and saying, you know what, maybe it's not worth having players go in a situation where they can be in quarantine for up to five weeks. But, and maybe this is foolish to think of it, but maybe these different COVID cases that have come up especially since most of them, if not all of them, are guys who have been vaccinated. As Justin said, it could just be more than a nuisance. It could, Sorry, not more than a nuisance. It could be just a nuisance. It could just be, you know, you have your day where you feel like crap, and then after that, you feel fine. You test negative, you go back to the rink where you're in COVID protocol for however long. It's just, my hope is that the cases that have come up, as scary as it all looks now, with all of them coming one by one, that ultimately it doesn't turn into anything worse than what it is right now but that's also a hope and i'm not an epidemiologist and it's entirely possible it could go another way but it could go a way that's good too I, I, that's the only way i can really reason with all this yeah i think the vax i think like i saw a lot of people um like when the when the a lot of the the, the players being put in COVID, COVID protocol getting an, announced today a lot of p- people on twitter saying like oh here we go again like oh this is march 2020 all over again but like you know, we've all touched on it. The big difference is that before it was new and there was no vaccine and now there is a vaccine and there there's a way to go about it. And I think, I think Justin like nails it on the head. It's just about how the NHL is going to manage it um, and how they're going to go about it. And, you know, I think it's, I think the fact that there, there hasn't been a taxi squad added already is a little foolish. So hopefully now they, they take us, they take a second to think like teams just need help. Like team just needs something, they need another another pool of people that they can that they can make use of in games where and and especially for teams who are up against the cap. Like you know, like that sucks if if like you have players who are on COVID protocol and you're up against the cap, you can't call anyone up. That's like okay, cool. We're just gonna address like two less people, right? So I think there needs there needs to be something for for player for teams to make use of to, I guess, keep their teams. I don't know, full, <laughs> if that makes just, sense. Just but, allow the schedule to continue. That yeah. yeah yeah exactly so and so if it, if it's a if it's a taxi squad if it's something else this is like allow the teams to be able to play out play out their schedule but again I think the vaccine being around I think is a big big game changer and a difference between what we're seeing now or or how things are to be going now versus how they were last year where literally the whole whole professional sports need to be shut down uh, to be able to deal with this. Uh, Avery, I'll let you get last word on, on this topic and then we'll move on to uh, the Montreal Canadiens and uh, the, the fact that they are looking to interview three female candidates for their vacant GM job. But Avery, I'll let you get last word on this. No, the, I think the Montreal point is that, you know, hopefully we do find a way to, pl- to play out the season because we don't want another season abbreviated by COVID outbreaks. But you know what? It, it, may, come, it may come to a point where, yeah, the time squad is returning. You might see most teams filled up with guys playing in the AHL. It is what it is to get to that finish line. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see. And I'm not saying I'm not saying teams would, but if a team is caught breaking guidelines, it would not shock me. Old NHL says, you know what? We can't wait for you guys. You're you're handed a forfeit loss. Oh, 
that'd be really that be that'd be pretty drastic but also wow okay i mean at the end of the day the nhl has a job to do to try to finish its season out so if it has to get to that point it has to get to that point it's obviously a situation we're going to be monitoring i mean pretty much ever since we started zone time COVID has pretty much been a thing so of course we're going to see it come up uh in future episodes whenever we can uh, one other topic that is going to be something we're going to be monitoring and the whole NHL world is, or anyone who wants to be a GM is essentially monitoring. It's the vacancy of the general manager position with the Montreal Canadiens. An interesting tidbit coming from my athletic colleagues, Marc-Antoine Godin and Arpin Basu earlier this week, as many as three female candidates could be in the running for the Montreal Canadiens GM job. But we don't need to necessarily speculate over who those names are. Tell you the truth. I only have one solid guess. There's like another name I think might actually be interesting. And I'm curious if they're willing to interview and Daniel Sauvageau, who has played for team Canada has also worked as a GM for a, for in the PWHPA universe. Uh, but I can't, I'm not going to act like, Hey, I know all three names. Let's talk about the viability of all three of them, but it is intriguing that in pro sports period, I've never heard of a situation where it was put out there that a team was interviewing female candidates for GM. I'm, I'm just kind of curious about this story and how, for me at least, I, I, I'm of the belief, and maybe this is more optimistic than anything, if those candidates, however many they are, if it is three, if it's more, whatever, how them being interviewed for GM might not necessarily, it might not necessarily turn to them being GMs, but they could find themselves with other jobs in the front office. That's the way I'm seeing it. I'm also just curious uh, for you, the uh, the outsider's perspectives with all three of you guys not being in Montreal, but also hearing this news. Avery, I'd like to start with you. I love that news. Other than the fact they're going unique. I, I mentioned before Jeff Gordon and um, Jeff Molson, that his team was going to be different, actually increase diversity. I love the fact that they're actually interviewing women for the GM job. It's great to get beyond the typical hockey names that we see recycled. The 30 or so names, I like the fact they're going to get away from that. And hopefully you do hire women to be the GM. I love that, to, to break the mold really in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great. Uh, I, I don't, it, it sounds patronizing saying like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity because Jeff Gorton's running the show, but it is the perfect opportunity for someone new. It doesn't have to be a woman. It doesn't have to be this or that, but to have someone that is truly a new voice, that is that diverse option who gets the opportunity to learn under someone, but still be the general manager of an NHL team. I think this is a, a particularly unique and interesting possibility for a woman or a man to get that job. Uh, we had an article in Yahoo Sports and we we talked about a couple candidates, maybe a little oversight there in that I think a couple of the candidates didn't speak French. I mean, obviously that is going to be a requirement here, but there should I was be mention plenty, that. There should be plenty of French speaking females and males uh, that are hockey people that should be up for this job. And, you know, if they want to bend the rules, people named in that article could be up for this job, up for the job as well. But as we know, this is probably going to be someone who's bilingual. This probably could be a prospect if you want to call them that. Uh, and that's very cool because it's going to give someone else the opportunity, uh, no matter who it is. And, and I'm all for that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think um, it comes down to the line. Like, if you if you can see something, you can be something. And I think 
whether whether this person is hired or not, just be just seeing that they're you know women are being part of the GM process within the NHL is huge. And you know, I think of you know, I think of over the summer where uh, Taya Curry was the first woman drafted in the OHL, and how significant that must have been for a lot of for a lot of you know you know young girls, young people out there who you know want to kind of develop in hockey and what and how that stands out. Um, and then I don't know. I I kind of think it'd be cool for for Emily Castongay to be um to be one of the people um kind of kind of in the running for things uh she's alexi lafaniere's agent i also want to say that i think she like interned or worked under like pierre gauthier when he was a montreal Canadiens gm so i think that would be cool that'd be pretty interesting but i think just just the fact that the the search is being just spread out where it's just not the same recycled names over and over again i think just you know adding some some new things and some diversity to the game, especially in the front office, I think is really important. And, and one of those things that can, that can definitely, you know, trickle down to throughout, throughout the rest of an organization. So, you know, that's good on them for sure. Can I just add something about Emily Castongay? Because I realize I've done this a lot and a lot of other people who have mentioned Emily Castongay a lot have mentioned the fact that, uh, yes, she is a player agent and yes, Alexi Lafreniere is her client. But we all know that like, that's not her most like known client, right? That's not her most mm-hmm. famous we all we all know who that is, right? We know who that is. I don't. Who is it? Mary Philip Poulain. She's Mary Philip Poulain's agent. Oh, okay. Okay. She's like one of the oh, best okay. hockey players we have I mean, in this country. It's just really she's the goat. She is yeah. the goat. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just really interesting. And I, I, I I'm putting my, I'm putting myself in this too. It's not to say, oh, you guys keep doing this. Like I'm putting this in myself too. Like mm. Mary Philip Poulain, one of the best hockey players we have ever produced in this country. Uh, her agent is Emily Castone Gay, but every time we mention her in the circles of the NHL, it's oh yeah, right, like it's Alexi Lafreniere's agent. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just really fascinating how mm-hmm. his name has been brought up in all this. But I would love for uh, Emily Castone Gay to be in the running for this job. I think she, the fact that she's a player agent and has a handle on on what players are, I think she's a really good kid. That already I think could give her a leg up on a few other people considered for this job, like mm-hmm. Patrick Watt who, yes, he did everything he did with the Quebec Grand Par, but I don't think dude is a fit. Yes, I took the opportunity to take a shot at Patrick Waugh, but because I just wanted to. But I also think someone like Emily Castagay in the running. I still think Daniel Silvejo, I mentioned her before. That'd be interesting uh, to see her as well. I wonder if they also... And, and also another thing I mentioned about the GM job too, because of the fact Jeff Gordon is in that role, uh, heading up hockey operations essentially, it opens the door for them to hire someone who is not as experienced, who could essentially kind of maybe not learn on the job, but if they have a little bit of experience, at least it's okay. If they are just complimentary to Jeff Gordon, in fact, they, they probably want that. So if Emily Castongay, for example, comes out as the number one possible candidate for this gig, obviously that opens up so much in terms of exposure for this for a pro sports franchise, I know they wouldn't be the first in North America to have a female GM of the Miami Marlins got to them before would have got to that before the Canadians would ever get there, but it would still uh, be a really cool thing to, to see happen. And I wonder in light of some of the different things that have happened to this franchise on the negative side, we're thinking of Logan Mayu and at Mark Bergevin, the reputation that's kind of tarnished for himself in the last few months how much that changes the look of the Montreal Canadiens going forward if they were to do that. Yeah. I have well, two, I think, oh, oh, sorry. I have two, points, I have two points, John, Juliet and gang. The CFL had the first female GM, Joan Pollock with Ottawa at 88. She was the first ever sports GM with a woman in, back in the day. So CFL did it first. 
Get them. That's to very play. true. Very yeah. true. Big up to the CFL. Uh, another CFL mentioned on on Zone Time. Absolutely. Right. I, I, I can't just, I, 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 you know what? I did kind of mistakenly just assume just with the big four we were talking about, but yes, the CFL deserves some praise on that. And I'm sure there are other minor league teams who also would stick up their, their, who would stick up their hands and be like, Hey, we did some stuff too. So definitely do not want to diss the CFL here. We're all CFL fans to some degree, I would imagine. Here, as I mentioned too as well, Julian, uh, my, my second point, another name who would be kind of cool to see in the GM role. And she's a lot of work right now in Seattle as uh, one of their pros. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Scout is Tammy Granado, mm-hmm. and she has so many connections in the hockey world. She's a, an American hockey legend. I think that'd be a cool first GM job for her if she would go from South to Montreal as a GM there. Okay, if we're gonna go that far, where and I understand language is a big thing, I'm gonna throw out another candidate who uh, I've come across in a couple circles in in Montreal, and they know a thing or two about being a GM in Montreal, and that's Meg Hewing. She was the GM for Les Canadiens while they were a uh, a franchise for the women's teams here in Montreal, even so far back when they were known as the Montreal Stars. Funny enough, one of her players when she was GM was Marie Philippe Poulain. So, uh, and plus, she's I, I would assume she's bilingual. I've never heard her speak French, but if we're gonna go to a point where we're just gonna throw in fantasy women candidates for this GM job, which I can't think I've ever done for any other GM job in the history of sports for as long as I've been talking about them. Why not throw out some names there? And it, with Yahoo, I, I did realize there was that article that went out that mentioned, I'm sorry, I forget one of the other names, but I think one of them was mentioned with the Seattle Kraken, but Haley Wickenizer's name was there. It mm-hmm. would be pretty interesting to see Haley Wickenizer, one of the greatest hockey players, again, this country has produced who was in the Leafs organization go all the way to the Montreal Canadians to work with them. That would be really interesting to see. I, and, I, and I know Omar is just groaning and looking around like, Oh, why did we take the time to poke fun at the Leafs yet again? But when you join the, when you join the fandom, that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. You knew what it was when you signed up. I wasn't even trying to take a shot. You, you're just you're just being defensive all of a sudden. That's I just, just don't want to know because listen, I, I'd be I'd be so bittersweet about that because I'd be in a, I'd be so happy. But then we lose Haley Wickenheiser, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like I'd be like I don't know how to feel about this. Like I'd be ecstatic, but like man, I love having Haley Wickenheiser in the organization. It's so cool. It's honestly so cool. Uh, to, to have a name like that in hockey, like just just around, so like it would be amazing. But man, that would hurt. That would sting for sure. Yeah, we don't know how serious the Canadians are with the female candidates that are in the running. But I did find it was pretty cool just now that we were able to just kind of throw out some names that we would like to see considered for GM jobs. And you know, 
we'll, we might see that in the next few years, some franchise somewhere, whether it's the Canadians or some baseball franchise again, or, or, Hey, I think there's a, the Philadelphia Eagles have a Quebecois AGM. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, Catherine Raish, I believe it can happen. It's out there. There are people working, there are women working management. It can very well happen in the next how many years if we see more and more uh, women taking over GM roles. And that's also a shout out to uh, Rachel Dory, who uh, has yeah, the, that's uh, what I was going to say. I was going to say like, just shout out, like Rachel, Rachel Dory. Absolutely. Like Rachel Dory needs to be in an NHL front office. So like at some point, whether it's the Habs, whether it's whatever, 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 whatever team, like Rachel Dory absolutely needs to get in an NHL front office. Absolutely. Or replacing Wickenheiser when she goes to Montreal. <laughs> That's you know what? You know what? I think that would that would make this thing that would make this thing a thing a little a little better for sure. If, if just, just to tie it up, Julian, because you mentioned Logan Mayu. Now they don't have to hire a female GM to turn the page here. Uh and right. they don't, you know, they don't have to do anything, they don't have to check any box or whatever to turn the page. But the fact that Jeff Gordon is opening the floor, is going to talk to a lot of people, wants to get diversity in the front office. They are on their way to turning the page. So you have to yeah. give uh, credit to Molson first and the people he's hired and the views and the perspectives that they've seemed to have gained here because they are in the process of turning the page regardless of who is the GM. So again, credit to them. That's true. They, they still have to realize some of that, but the fact that they at least open the floor to that is at least a little bit encouraging. But again, they still have to realize some of that potential they are stepping on. Let's get to the final topic for this episode of Zone Time. And I can't wait to talk about this because I don't even I don't even remember if we got a chance to talk about it on last week's episode. Uh, but Trevor Zegris has turned himself into a star in this league off of his play. I mean, earlier this year, he had the sick toss into the crowd and already that should be able to give yourself some attention. And then he performs the dish again the pass behind the net that Sonny Milano whacks into the net and how many times have you heard Sonny Milano being credited for that goal that he scored it's it's pretty nuts so it was a pretty sick goal so of course we all had to talk about it so of course people like John Tortorella got to sit up on their perch at ESPN and say something about it I originally thought for this segment we could be talking about John Tortorella and the fact that, you know what, man, like he had the take that he had about how this play is not really good for the game and all that and all these other discussions that have happened. And then no, if you want cool. to bring up John. My 95 Devils neutral zone trap. Yeah. Hey, that'll, hey. that'll get, that'll get, that'll get <laughs> people in the seats. I get the 12-year-olds watching on, t- on TikTok. <laughs> yo, check, yo, check out this defense. You see that? You see that? Five-man lockdown. He's not entering. No way. Well, remember that game between like Tampa and Philly? We're like, no yeah, one's about to say it. Yeah, let's do, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. That's it. No, no one's doing anything. We're just, we're just, that's it. We're just standing. That's yeah, it. Man. Like, come on. He, he misses the days when if you were just trying to carry a puck through the neutral zone, Scott Stevens would take your head off. Literally, How dare you keep off. your head. He literally would take your head off. How oh dare God. you go away from those days? But anyway. I thought it would be fun to, to do that, but I realized, do we want to give energy to this? Do we want to give energy to the fact that people are speaking negatively about this? Shouldn't we be contributing to the positive contributions of this goal and talk about the fact that this might be one of the greatest plays we've seen this century in the National Hockey League? Where does it rank? So, I mean, it's a little bit more open-ended for this topic, but 
I'd love to know where you guys think this play ranks in terms of some of the best plays we've seen this century. I'm not going to open up the 20th century because, I mean, let's be real here. I think Cuthbert's the only one out of all of us who's really seen stuff like like Lemieux going coast hey. to coast. And that's not hey, hey, no, Lemieux. Hey. <laughs> not that old Yo. Lemieux. <laughs> <laughs> You're like what six? You know what I feel? You know what, you know what I feel bad for? About, in that, you know what I feel bad for in that goal guy? I feel bad for John Casey. He had a decent career, and people only know him for getting undressed by Mary Lemieux. He had, he had, he had a good career, but all people know career. about John Casey is getting dr- undressed by Mary you Lemieux know, in that goal. The one thing <laughs> thank I you for helping me out there, Avery. <laughs> one thing I always think about with that goal is the way that Mario Lemieux kind of addresses everybody, but like, look at how he kind of like lands into Casey and like, look at where his skate goes. Like, I just hope that like, he's well protected down there. If you get what I'm what? saying, that's the one thing I've thought about for years with that man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look, that's you got to remember that hockey is played by a bunch of men wearing pointy knives on their feet. Like mm-hmm. it's a vi- I have a genuine concern. Anyway, I'm getting away from the topic at hand here. Uh, in terms of plays we've seen this century, yeah. uh, I'm thinking Govechkin, I'm thinking anything Crosby's done. Like, where does this rank for you guys? Is this is this the best thing you've seen? Like, what do you think? Ah, man, I don't know. Like, it's like, like, remember when da- Datsuk did the, the Datsuki and Deke? Like, I think it's like in yes. that category of, because like, when I saw the play, I thought it was a blooper and that Zegers just like batted in off of the goalie. Then when I looked, I was like, no, that was a pass. It's, it's, it's disgusting. It's a filthy pass. So, like, I'm, I'm putting it up there with, like, like it's just, like, a magician-like play. And, like, I think of, like, Pavel Datsuk and all the things that Pavel Datsuk used to do, which, again, is an era that John Tortorella coached in. So, like, Trevor Zegers is the only, is the only player to ever do anything cheeky. Look at what, look what Datsuk did to Logan Couture. Hilarious clip. If anyone, if anyone, if anyone wants to let's look on YouTube, search Pavel Datsu, Deeks out Logan Couture is the, the best mm-hmm. clip you'll ever see. But like, yeah, it's just, I think this is that level. Better than a Michael Bunting goal. <sighs> what? I was just <laughs> asking. <laughs> <laughs> it went from exasperation <laughs> to like him just savoring yes. it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just lost my tra- I just lost my train of thought. Just remember, just remembering the beauty. Uh, Avery. It's just straight up just creativity, and I think that's that's what you need to see in the league. And you know, when it comes to you, a creative player, like just doing doing things, like and take you know, taking moments out of nothing, like you know, Pavel Datsu stands up, stands up for me. So you know, good on Zegers. That's a sick play. Oh, uh, turn... I, I, sorry. Go ahead, Avery. Go ahead. No, in this century, we've seen a lot of cool things. We've seen the Datsu goals. We saw Merrick Malik go between the legs in the shootout. We saw UC Jokinen shootout goals, which were crazy back in the early in the early 2000s. But this goal, again, a pass behind the net to a, a pass in the air to a player who knocks it out of midair. Now, knocking a puck out of midair is already hard enough to do. To do it in an NHL game like that is next level hard to do and get it right. Because if Milano misses the puck, it's a turnover. And the puck and the puck is the other, other way for a Sabres three on two, most likely. So in terms of plays this century, I'm going to say it is at least a top 15 play top this century. Top 15 play? Yes. I mean, you don't have to say all 14 plays above it, but like what are some of the plays that rank above in top 15? That's pretty specific. Any, anything Conor McDavid has ever done. Yeah, oh. I, w- I was going to say, Conor McDavid has, at least, he's got at least five David has three nicer goals just <laughs> no, off the top of my head. Honestly. honestly. 
I mean, he has three nicer goals in like the last like calendar year. Yeah. I mean, McDavid's Ranger goal. I was in the press box for that game. When he scored that goal against Rangers, I burst out laughing. I started <laughs> laughing. I'm like, no, no, he didn't. I started laughing out loud in the press box. Because what else can you do? You can't do anything. There's nothing you can do. The man put on five. The man even on dresser at Gallant. That's so funny. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> Justin, so do it's, you it's go ahead? I was just gonna say it's not it's not as good as the McDavid goals for me, but it's better than any other Michigan spin goal, I think, because it was done yeah. in cooperation with someone else, right? So the yeah. act of picking it up, you know, that's it's honestly mm. fairly simple. We see that to referees between whistles all the time. But the fact that these two connected on this and it went seamlessly, I think that's the most special part about the goal because the flip up, not that crazy. We see goals batted in all the time, but rarely do we see two players plan what happened premeditated beforehand like Milano and Zegras did. And that's why it stands apart in terms of like mm-hmm. those type of goals. It's not a McDavid's level, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm maybe top 15. I think Avery nailed it, to be honest. And I think top the coolest 15. thing about that is that you just see the genuine like shock. <laughs> like they're just like afterwards, like that actually worked. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that that's what makes the play like the best is that like this on the bench, they're like, that actually worked. Like, holy crap. So yeah, it was just like a full on human moment. And just like everything about it was amazing. Just like, just let, let hockey be fun. Like, isn't hockey cool when it's fun? But no, Omar, let's, let's talk about it's bad for our game. <laughs> bad for it the game. I should tell you something that no one has come up to Zegras, has stepped to Zegras since the, since the goal happened, right? I haven't seen anything. Honestly. I think everybody's no, cool with either. it. So me neither. But yeah, that's... what do you step to him for? Hey, you scored a nice goal. I'm going to fight you and go on the penalty kill as a result. What? So yeah, that's exactly. so I mean, it, in previous years, though, Scott Stevens, as we mentioned, <laughs> would have taken his head off probably. But it's that we've gone past that clearly. And John Tortorella, unfortunately, his commentary hasn't quite gone past that. But it's also, it's really, it's really ridiculous to think about it, right? Like, imagine being a guy, like, the next opponent Trevor Zegers plays. Let's, let's go all the way back to, like, 1998 or something. Oh, You're a guy God. playing Trevor Zegers the game after he pulls off the dish again. And you're just thinking, well, I don't like the fact that he's showing us up in our game. How dare you do that? I'm going to go fight you, take Honestly. an instigator penalty, and <laughs> kick your ass. Like, but that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, makes no sense. You, sir, have more skill than I do. Yes, I do. Stick. <laughs> like, it's just like... It makes, <laughs> how does it like, make sense? Like, it so, makes absolutely no sense. The man is skilled. <laughs> They so, did play. It was sick. They scored a goal. Like just, oh man! But we got to go back to the good old days of hockey. We got to go back to them <laughs> days when it was black and white, and, and it was stick fights. Oh man, you couldn't <laughs> raise the puck, my brother. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, there weren't even brothers in the league back in them days. Honestly, <laughs> let's just you know what? Let's just go back to this. Is go back to the time where you couldn't pass the puck forward. Let's go. Let's go back there. Back to oh, the yeah, for sure. there. Back to like, back to back honestly, to the Eddie Shore. Honestly, Ooh, back to no Eddie Shore. No That's it. Like, like nothing. Like, let's just go back to that. iPads. No, no we're not doing this. It's bad for the game. Like highlights. John, no, John, John, John Tortorella. Maybe I'm wrong. John Tortorella definitely doesn't seem like a guy who'd like iPads behind the bench. He definitely thinks like he's his reasoning is probably like, yo, some <laughs> player is gonna download some app and not watch film. <laughs> 
Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> if someone's gonna have like what like what's the what's the pop for the game right now? Like mid shift, like 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 when when uh when Torch was still like, the coach of Columbus, like like Patrick yeah. Line whips out like Candy Crush. I was gonna say like, Line Line would be the guy. They couldn't work together. Yo, I don't got to play Fortnite on the bench. Honestly, yeah, it's just like okay, I gotta build up here. I was like, oh man, okay, yeah. one v one. He's like, yo, yo, you're on your shift. He's like, hey, relax. I'm in, I'm in end game right now. Come on, come on, let me finish. Let me yo, finish. yo, 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 yo. I gotta start watching Ted Lasso. I got Apple TV <laughs> on the iPad. Yo, second like period. Oh my god. I would laugh was- if someone. If a player was caught watching a TV show on the bench, that would kill me on the iPad. I would There's die no laughing. way. There was <laughs> no way that would that'd be ever that'd happen. be a legendary moment if that ever happened. I would laugh. Yeah. That, so that company lock on anything like of that nature. No <laughs> games. No gambling. Just oh, highlights, probably. Yeah. That's could you imagine? You can't be so bold. Do you get to a point where you're literally pulled up the bet MGM app while you on the bench? I'd respect Yo, it. I'd respect can you imagine a player tweets mid shift? Yo, that was trash. That was <laughs> I, my kingdom. My kingdom for a player who has the the gall, even if it's during an all star game, anyone to tweet in the middle of a game, they would turn into an instant legend. That happened. That happened in baseball. Wasn't someone like liking Instagram pics in the bathroom in the clubhouse? I think so. Yeah. Oh my god, that, that could happen. Could you imagine? <laughs> Just imagine Omar? McDavid's like McDavid's like, yo, this defenseman tried to defend me. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yo. Oh my yo, god. That's Connor, so Connor McDavid's like. Four defensemen? Really? Like, that's what he did. He did that over his gift mid game. Yo, yo, can you do you realize, Omar, do you realize how much of a hockey Twitter legend Omar would be oh if an God. NHL player in the middle of a game oh. quote tweeted an Omar gif? of like a, oh. a Leafs goal or something do you realize like at oh that point God. like do you know how crazy that would be yo like, that would be so he funny would, he'd be a legend bro like <laughs> he just like get your seat like, bro you don't have you wouldn't have to work a day in your life no oh you would have a michael bunting retweet for his gift he'd be a, michael, a michael bunting tweet on his gift dude would that's that's his christmas yo, present i think i would delete my account yeah, Michael, I don't think you if do. Michael Bunting quote quote tweeted me, man. Yo, if Michael, but yo, uh, we have we have a little bit of time before we have to actually wrap up oh, here. God, if Omar any- got if Omar got any type of acknowledgement for Michael Bunting oh, on social over. media, I would like, I would spontaneously combust. What's gonna happen like, when they run to, into each other in the press? You know, exactly. Media, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. What's gonna go I was kind of scared that would happen because I know for a fact I would trip. I was, <laughs> I was having. Oh, it's Michael, and then I would start this fall. What are you, Archie I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, why is you... Riverdale? <laughs> what is <the> AZ? Where's Brody at? You want lunch with Reggie next? Do you think you just imagine? You imagine Omar oh just like God. walking in the press box. There's some banana peel on the ground. Like whoops, a day. Oh, oh, for sure, like airborne, full on airborne or airborne fall. Oh my gosh! You just seen a man fly. <laughs> 
Although I gotta say as much though, I I want I need Ooh. to see next week in the press box, Omar. We mm-hmm. need to see the game day fit. We need to oh, see a game, game day game. fit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just I yeah. don't know. I just did like a just a you know, suit and a tie. You know, I don't know. But then I saw people like a lot. What's of the like, brand of the suit? What's the brand of the suit? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. You, you on all these... <laughs> that's very fair. It could, it could, yeah. you could have. I don't know. I was just curious. I don't know. I'd be like, that's cool. You got suit. You look. I want. We all want to see you shine, Omar. I just want to yeah. see what the drip is about. Absolutely. I just want to see the drip. Yeah. Next, next time for sure, I'll send you all a picture of uh, what what I'm rocking with. When I'm walking around. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, now I, I I can't wait until the next day. Uh, Omar ever steps into an NHL press box, whether it's in Toronto or Montreal or any other place, because that day will be a very proud day for pretty much all of us here at zone time. Um, I realize now uh, it's been a couple of, I'm allowed to mention this. Uh, I guess it's kind of out there, uh, but uh, our, our good friend, Sam Chang, who we all know has not been on a few episodes here. She's been a big mainstay, big up to her. Uh, she just gave birth. Baby Ooh. Sloan. Yay. Gotta show her some love on, on zone time. That's why she wasn't around uh when all the Canuck stuff was happening. She wasn't just running around the streets of Vancouver in joy. She He's was like, giving birth. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on. Imagine there's like a video of just like Sam on top of a car, like, yes, Bruce Boudreau. <laughs> so, oh. That's and that's how the next riot in Vancouver starts. <laughs> Although I cannot wait for the day on zone time. You got Batty from BC. You got Batty from BC four. I'm good. Oh my gosh, Julian would get Julian would get an RKO at the airport. <laughs> although we although we yeah we, they burn they try to burn stuff there too. That's what they do, right? They have all the. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going too far. I'm going too far. I'm sorry. This is supposed to be a nice shout out to Sam's kid and sentiment and it devolved into Vancouver fan culture. I'm sorry. Y'all are great fans. Y'all are great. Yeah, I've really come to appreciate Vancouver fans of just doing the little poke. You guys are good. Bruce Boudreau is uh has got y'all playing perfect. Like it's great. I've been no smoke. No smoke with Vancouver fans, even though I realize bringing up smoke means fire and, you know, riots again. I'm sorry. Although, Julian, it's going to be a great day. We have a panel of zone time where Sam and Sloan are on the same show debating the Canucks. Yeah, that's going to be a really great day. And they'll, that's a very good way to, I don't know how else to make a joke out of that. I don't know. Don't. Yeah. Don't make a joke. Justin earns that one because I made a joke oh about God. his age. That's also a very good point. I did make a joke about his age. I make a joke about his dad all the time. He he deserves that one. Congratulations. It took you all of 2021, buddy. Congrats. Um, Real congrats but, to Sam. Real congrats to yes. Sam. Yeah. Real congrats to Sam in all seriousness. Um, uh, big congrats to her and, uh, you know, amazing person, amazing podcast, the broadcast podcast as well. Got to check that out. And uh, with that, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Zone Time. A lot of laughs. You know, the times are pretty weird, but we're allowed to laugh when we can. Subscribe to the YouTube page uh, for more content from Yahoo Sports NHL. Uh, Subscribe to uh, this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got some great episodes already up in the can for 
zone time. Check out everyone else's great work. Justin at Yahoo Sports, Avery Lewis McDougal with uh, the hockey news and every other place he finds himself in. And, and Omar, you probably already follow him for his in the mention stuff and his gifts because it's Omar. It's Tic Tac Tomar or Thick Tac Tomar, depending on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, Before I get myself in more trouble, I'm Julian saying so long and peace. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.